Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. He'd be so sad, holding his hat, saying, Please, put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Well, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's a deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing. So how do you talk about that every week? All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just I mean. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Cast. I'm Jack. That's Ryan. Um, I'm the Straight Edge Monster. Sorry, I'm in a RJ City mode. I watched uh, the Thunder Rosa episode before we got on. But um, let's shout out to Veli who's already in the chat. My Diablo 4 brother in arms, rock and stone, baby. We did it. Fuck Bone Splinter. Fuck Bone Splinter. Garbage. Don't listen to that guy. Don't listen to that guy on YouTube. Doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Bone Spear, wasn't it? Bone Spear, whatever. I don't give a shit. It sucks. Don't do any bone shit. No boning. No boning. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We're here to talk about <laughs> wrestling, believe it or not. Joke of the week. Are you ready, my guy? See if we can pop him. Who is Jesus' favorite wrestler? I'm sorry, who is what? Who is Jesus' favorite wrestler? Karrion Cross. Slight smile, I saw it. Didn't pop him. Didn't pop him. I don't know if we're going to be able to pop him with any of these because I'm starting off strong here. Veli loved it. That's all you need to know. Ryan had a slight smile, but you we're were. still not popping him. I got a feeling was, we're going to pop you with at least one of these over the next I was already laughing weeks. at my own joke from earlier. That's not a smile at your joke. Okay. Stop projecting. I was um, laughing at my, my okay. bone spirit boning joke. Well, nah. Um... We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Hot tag topics up there. Let's roll. Number one. Tony Khan making big news again. Love to see it. You love to see it as an AEW sexual like myself. 
and Ryan over there. No. no. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> what, what's the name for, like, New Japan rest, uh, fans? Just weebs? Uh, you're a weeb. enthusiasts. No, you're just a weeb. Yeah. And so you got the E-drones, the AW-sexuals, and the weebs. So Ryan's a weeb. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you call stardom fans? Weebs? Sister promotion. Sister weebs. Sister weebs. Weeb sisters. Ah, better do do do. Actually, probably bigger weebs than New Japan, honestly. Yeah. Since it's even lesser no. Oh, I stayed up at three a.m. to watch Stardom. Hipster I don't even weebs. like New Japan. I'll watch just, Stardom. Just his weebs. weebs. Yeah, belly. All right. So anyway, <laughs> huge news coming out of the AW camp yet again, and you love to see it. This time, the rumor is that AW and WB Discovery have reached a deal that will potentially be announced this week, by the way, according to Tony Khan on Dynamite. And by the way, Bix, he got the fucking network correct. He meant TNT. So just everybody knows he didn't mess up the, didn't mess up the network name. Because everybody yeah. thought he was supposed to say TBS, but that wasn't the case. Um, but the deal is rumored... By a guy on, what, the WON message boards? Correct? Ryan Friedland, I think, yeah. Five years and one billion dollars, and that's to have everything. That's to have AEW Dark um, and Elevation to be included into, like, the library because it'll be on the streaming service, pay-per-views as well, and, of course, um, Dynamite Rampage and Collision. Now, that was the first rumor that came out, and then there was something else that Brian Alvarez had said that Ryan's going to explain to you right now so he can get in on the show. But either way, huge news if true. The announcement is expected sometime next week, as Tony Khan said, and probably will be on the 17th for the Warner upfronts. But go ahead. Alvarez's wasn't a rumor. It was his guess as to what it probably is, just based on market conditions and the little bit that he has heard and stuff like that. Um, obviously, Collision is a done deal. Uh, but he thinks the deal is, is more of a $300 million over three years, which is obviously a lot different than... One billion over five, but um, but doesn't that kind of directly um, go against the whole thing when they said at the, the very first thing that we ever heard was, "Hey, WB is paying them fifty-two million just for Collision." So they're paying them over half of the hundred million a year for Collision, and the rest of it's going to be for Dynamite Rampage. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, maybe, yeah. um, but the. Uh... The taping schedule is apparently going to change too, as part of this, because Collision, from what I've heard, Collision is supposed to also be a taped show, um, which is going to be rough because a lot of the problem right now with Rampage is that it's taped, so people don't feel the need to watch it; they can just read the results. See, that's not that's completely opposite of what I heard. Yeah, I heard it was going to be Rampage was going to be taped, and Ring of Honor was going to be taped. Rampage is going to be li linked with Dynamite, and Collision was going to be the live show with Ring of Honor taped. Yeah, could be that too. Um, I've heard it both ways, so I guess we'll know on Wednesday. But right now, there's just not a lot of in solid information at all. And I but imagine we'll be after on, this week. I imagine even on Wednesday, you probably you may not you may still not have numbers or anything yet. Um, you'll probably hear uh, here's the shows, here's the banner that they're going to be under, here's how we're going to do our schedule or whatever at most. But on television, I don't think 
Tony Khan is going to announce it like, oh yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Million dollar no. deal for however. Yeah, yeah it'll, no, get, it'll sure. come out some other way. One hundred percent agree with that. He's not going to come out there with the fucking <laughs> the contract and sign it on the fucking air yeah. or anything. Like, put up on the gonna... put up on the big fucking uh, yeah. ramp screen. One billion for five years, baby. But and um, even even away from this show and away from Twitter, I don't really give a fuck about the numbers. What I want to hear is I want to hear the announcement for Collision officially. I want to hear if you're actually bringing Punk back. I want to hear what's going on with Miro and Thunder Rosa. Uh, I want to hear uh, all that shit and who that who's is, actually going to be where. That's what that I is, want. That is one piece of information that Alvarez had that was not a rumor that he had confirmed. The tagline for the first Collision is apparently the second coming. So... Yeah, I don't give a fuck what the tagline is because the tagline is going to be for that one episode, and I, and then no no one cares. That's literally irrelevant information well, that I do not give a shit about. Well, no, that's speaking to whether or not Punk is going to come back. Yeah, I don't care. I don't yeah, care. I want to know more information than that. I just want them to announce the fucking show officially. Want? I want to see the logo. I want to see tangible shit announced. Wow. That's what I want. But yes, I Did agree you? with you that he's definitely not. Tony Khan has never been a dude that announces numbers unless he gets peeved off on Twitter, and then he fucking just throws out numbers like it's a goddamn calculator and making everybody look fucking stupid because he just gets tired of people saying shit that's not true. You see... You and see the one time friend. that he... What's the one time he got pissed off after uh, after the show? They had CM Punk with him before All Out. And he was like, oh, he got so pissed off about something. Oh, he was, he was talking about the Friday night stuff about it being a matter of legal record because in the MLW antitrust case against WWE, WWE's lawyer had to say in a court deposition, no, we're not a monopoly because AEW not only exists, but beat us on a Friday night once. So he had brought up like, oh yeah, like it's a matter of public record that we're fucking competition. So I don't know why the fuck you're trying to say that we're not like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that might be what you're talking about. From the same company um, that says that they're nothing, that they don't view them as competition every week. Yeah. Right. Um, But we already knew that they were, the funny thing is, is everybody, everybody's new favorite term on, Twitter is hate watching, right? Why do you hate watch wrestling? Why do you hate watch WWE or why do you hate watch AEW? Let's be real. The first person, the first people to hate watch wrestling was Eric Bischoff on Nitro to <laughs> WWF when he was announcing all the shit and saying, "Hey, don't go fucking watch that shit. It's garbage." And then you had the same iteration with NXT Black and Gold doing the same shit with AEW when it first started going. They were hate watching that. It's not like hate watching is a new or foreign concept. Anybody, anybody that pays attention, any. But it's like, the hot buzzwords right now over the IWC. Yeah, but like any internet locale personality, you know, your dark side fills and fucking Amberlynn Reeds and all those people that people literally just watch to see a fucking train wreck or your. Yes, no, I I agree with whatever. that. Yeah, like. But, but here's the thing: it's not. It's I wouldn't view wrestling in the same form that I view. Hey, I have to follow Donald Trump on Twitter because he's going to say some stupid shit, and I don't want to miss it, so I can make fun of it. It's not the same. So then, like you got you got your mutuals it's, or whatever. That's like, it's oh, not, I, I'm going to block you if you follow Donald Trump. Some people just follow Donald Trump because they want to see the blasphemous shit that he says. So the yeah, I did too. Um, the I think the difference is we don't understand that because we just kind of like wrestling. But I'm sure there are people who literally will watch AEW just to find things to shit on. I mean, when you see, um, God, what's that fucking idiot? Gareth? WWE Gareth or whatever? Oh, there's a lot of them, but yeah, he's one. Uh, he, he says shit all the time, what makes it very obvious he's literally watching in real time. So, I mean, he he literally is hate-watching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does happen. Uh, it, I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, talking about Tony Khan watching WWE or anything like that. He's never said he hated them or... He admits all the time he watches their shit, so it's strange. Yeah, like, how, why would a super fan of wrestling just stop watching the product that they right. grew up watching? 
just because yeah. he owns another company. Like he's also scouting. He's also seeing what works and doesn't work. He's a big numbers guy. Like trying to yeah, gauge the market the where to too. run. Just from a business point of view, if you're not paying attention to your competitor, you're a fucking idiot. It's yeah. not hate watching. Yeah, I mean that's just good. Business. Well, I'm not saying Tony Khan is hate watching. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But um, like people involved in the industry. But you can't. But you can't as you can't as the difference between uh, Eric Bischoff when he did it with Nitro versus WWE. He knew they were competition. That's mm. why he did it. When NXT is doing it and then simultaneously saying, "Oh, we don't view them as competition." That's bullshit. Yeah, we just try to counter program <laughs> them all the time. Yeah, no, you're counter programming them. Hate watching them and then trying to bury them at the same time in media. None of that adds up. Why are you even mentioning them? Hey, don't mention AEW to me. They're not competition. We don't view them as the same before the interview starts. No, you let them go ahead and give you the AEW questions. You count. You clearly counter program. We've 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 covered it many times on here, especially in the early days of uh, NXT when they were on head to head on Dynamite. Yeah. It was like, what in the fuck? This is literally they're doing the exact same thing. Or you just happen to be doing this at the exact same time as this? Yeah, it was fucking weird. <laughs> um, so apparently, uh, speaking of hate watching and demographics and numbers, uh, what I heard, and I didn't look at this as this might be not true, but um, what I heard was that the All Access finale did better numbers than NXT in uh, the demo. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, demo is just another thing that away from... Away from this show, I don't really pay much attention to. In fact, yeah. I'll be real with you guys. If it wasn't for this podcast, I don't even think I'd be watching Raw on a weekly basis, honestly. I really do not think I would ever be watching Raw on a weekly basis if it wasn't for this podcast. That's yeah. a three-hour show that feels yeah. like a chore most and on a And on a Monday. Come on. Um, I didn't watch Rampage this week because uh, Tears of the Kingdom came out and I was busy. Um... And it was my birthday. And uh, you know, oh yeah, shout out that, to Ryan for his birthday yesterday. Also, happy Mother's Day for today was, for anybody was, that's a mother out there. It was Friday. You fucking you're a terrible. Friday, word. I knew um, that. Yeah. Um, no, you told me happy birthday <laughs> somewhere. But, but yeah, no, Tears of the Kingdom came out that day. Um, so yeah, I, I literally just it completely slipped my mind that it was even on. I had other shit going on. So I didn't watch Rampage, but. Uh, that's one of those things. I mean, too, today like, still feels like Saturday to me because I haven't gone to sleep yet. Because me but, and Belly were playing the Diablo 4 in the morning. <laughs> that's one of those things where it's like... It wasn't... It wasn't like I was intentionally avoiding it or anything, but other shit came up. But I have still like put it on in the background and stuff and listened to it, even in cases like that in the past. But Raw, I'll never do that. Like, if I didn't have to know what happened on Raw to talk about it on Sundays, <laughs> I really doubt I would turn it on in the background for three hours. Just to listen um, to it or look over it. Here's 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 another thing that helps me get through Raw, mm. is that I don't watch it live. Mm, I so watch it Tuesday morning it. so I can fast forward the million goddamn commercials that they have for the three hours, mm. and all the fucking back backstage packages that they have to show or the replays that they had to show that they just did, yeah. or some bullshit promo that doesn't mean anything while Seth Rollins is sitting in the goddamn ring for fucking twenty minutes waiting on his match to start. You know shit like that. I can fast forward that, and it still feels like a chore some weeks. But as far as WB and AEW is concerned, this is a huge fucking deal because if you have two live programs, and guess who else has two live programs? The WWE. So, like, this is going to be a big deal, especially if you're going to have Punk come back. Now, do I think they'll hit a million their first night? Probably, right? I don't think it'll be as big of a deal as when Punk came back the first time at Rampage. 
but I do think because of the because of the nostalgia or not the not even the nostalgia, but just because of the new feel of this new show happening, people are gonna want to tune in to see. Hey, you got a different set. Hey, what's the logo? Hey, who's gonna be on this show? What are you setting up to? You got Forbidden Door and fucking Wembley show around the corner. This is gonna be a huge year for AEW. Let's see how he treats this new live show. I do think the first episode is going to break a million. I don't think it's going to be some huge, like, 1.8 or anything, but I do think it'll break a billion. Um, I'm, so, with it being on a Saturday, that's the, the thing to me where I'm kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, yes, everybody's off work, but also everybody tends to do their recreational shit on Saturdays. Um, so, yeah, I don't... I, it's hard to say. I think a lot of it isn't even going to be about interest in what the product looks like or production or storylines or anything like that. A lot of it may just be like, what the fuck is Punk going to say about why he was gone? Um, and, and the interest. Yeah, but no, I'm just saying, I'm saying the visual aspects just for episode one. I'm saying episode one will be over a million. I don't think they can sustain it either on a Saturday because while I, while I love Saturday pay-per-views and I thought AEW should have stayed with Saturday pay-per-views, but then WWE kind of took over that and they went back to Sunday because of UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine if it's like, one Saturday every three months, like it was for AEW. Yeah. A Saturday 52 weeks in a row, you're not going to be able to sustain a million viewers, I don't think, because of what you said, because Saturday is fucking Saturday. That's the day every a lot of people do shit throughout the week. It's my not-at-home day. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. Wrestling fans, it's not like they go outside a lot or anything. Um, <laughs> not a lot of grass to touch out there. Yeah. I'm allergic to it, so. Uh. <laughs> so the 17th, obviously, that's in three days. Warner upfronts. Mm-hmm. We're gonna learn a lot, a lot right there. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I'm I don't actually crossing billion, my fingers but... for. I'm crossing my fingers for pay-per-views on the streaming service, just because. Um, tired of paying fifty fucking dollars every time. I'm not tired of it. I have no problem supporting them, <laughs> but if I could pay less, that would be awesome. I, because there's I, all... stopped doing, I stopped doing $50. I started going to my, my Canadian VPN and doing it through Fight for 40 I don't this even is... have that big of a problem with it because I do it with uh, I do it with somebody else and we do 25-25. So it's mm. most, most times. Not all the time, but most times. So I don't even have an issue with the money. That's not even a big deal. But if I could have access to the library, if I could have access to both shows whenever I want and it's less shit we have to have on Sling or we not even might not even have to have Sling at all, Right, if it's all on there, depending on if it's live or not, that's the that's gonna be the other big issue because I don't think it will be because it'll be kind of like um, what Peacock does with Raw and USA where they're like two three weeks behind so that they so that people just don't stop watching the shit live because they could just watch it whenever, right? Yeah. Which I don't I don't know if I totally agree with that anyway because DVR still exists, so right. And gets but, counted. But in that's your just numbers. how they view it right so now. DVR numbers, DVR numbers do get counted for. It's a different statistic, but they do get counted. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a big deal. I'm I'm excited for the 17th. I'm usually not excited for upfronts, obviously, but this is the one time that I am excited for <laughs> yeah. for Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery upfront on the 17th, just so we can learn more information about where we're headed with the AEW stuff. Because I do think it's uh, going to be a massive deal, even if it is the 300 million that Alvarez is predicting. That's still I big. still think that's a fucking big deal. Yeah. When you got Forbidden Door, that's going to make you a shit ton of money. When when uh, Wembley is already what seven something million gate. With like sixty five thousand or some shit like that. Not even counting merch yet, too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a big deal. That's another reason why I would prefer the pay per views and shit to be on the streaming service because then I can spend more money on their merch. 
Because there's always a bunch of shirts that I want and don't ever have any goddamn money. I'm not, I'm not crazy about a lot of their shirt designs, but I've, I've picked up a couple. I picked up the one Death Triangle one because I thought it was a really cool design. I got the MJF collared, like, collared t-shirt thing because I thought it was funny. And because I needed a, a collared dress shirt for... Uh, well, there's two shirts that I still don't on. have that I want. I don't have specifics on it or anything. I just want one of their shirts. I want uh, a Briscoe Brothers shirt still. And I still want a Lucha Brothers shirt. And I don't have either one of those. So those are the two shirts that I'm looking for currently whenever I get some extra money. But let's talk about money. Let's talk about the Saudi Arabia show that's coming up, Night of Champions. Oh, blood money. Night of Champions, it's official. Their one-week tournament is over. And what, what astounds me is that they can do this in one week, in two shows, and have a final. But we, we didn't get King of the Ring for like 12 years. Because it just it was just too much bulky. Um, yeah. And, and also the laziness of doing two triple threat matches is really weird too. But I actually, I really like the, the, um, the Edge AJ Styles one. I did, I did go back. Yeah, no shit, it was AJ Styles, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. It was way better than the other one. No, 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 but what I liked about it is it wasn't like one guy gets knocked out and then he's just done for 10 minutes while the other two do something and then another guy gets knocked out for 10 minutes while the other two do... Like, they were all three involved in so many of the spots. I thought it was really cool. The only thing I didn't like is obviously the the botched spear from Edge. Oh, there was nothing wrong with that. Well, it wasn't even, I don't even know if it was Edge's fault. I mean, it was both of their faults, really. It was Edge's fault because he didn't sell it as a Rey Mysterio move when he fucked up and it wasn't a spear. The mistiming on that was brutal and yeah. judging from i mean like based off who it was it was kind of shocking it was, i was more shocked than anything that y'all fucked that up when it was edge and Rey mysterio who's fought against each other a million times yeah. um but anyway so it's gonna be seth versus aj aj beat edge and mysterio and then beat bobby lashley in the singles match for the main event or whatever seth beat um fuck if i know i know he beat finn balor but who'd he beat in the triple threat who was in his triple threat theory and um no, it wasn't Theory. Theory's on SmackDown. The one the Rollins beat on Raw. Which one was Theory in? On SmackDown in the other match that sucked with Lashley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fuck. I don't remember. I don't remember. That was already a whole week ago. Because it was Cody. Oh, yeah, Cody was in no, Cody wasn't in his match, though. I thought he was. That's when Brock Lesnar came out, whatever. Seth was not no, in no, the same no, match no. with Shins Cody, dude. Shinsuke, I'm not Shinsuke, stupid. Shinsuke and uh, Damian Priest. Don't fucking tell me to shut up. You're the one that's saying all these fucking names that weren't in the goddamn match. I said shut up because I just fucking pulled it up. Shinsuke and Damian Priest. Fucking Damian Priest. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And Shinsuke took the pin. Um, Which is great. Anyway, there's rumors now about this that AJ Styles might actually win this fucking title. Thoughts? That's fucking dumb! Listen, of the two of them, I don't give a shit who wins. I think Seth Rollins should win more, but I'm not gonna fucking cry about it if AJ Styles is a champion. Why would it make sense for AJ Styles, who just got drafted to SmackDown and is listed as one of their top baby faces? To fucking win the Raw World title. Because he needs to lose to Roman. 
so that Roman can look strong. That doesn't even fucking make sense. I need Roman. You can't fucking have the goddamn argument that you had last week and now magically be okay with it because AJ Styles is in the match. It's still fucking 100% stupid if AJ Styles wins this match. No, it's not. It's AJ Styles. What? What makes you think he would have to stay on SmackDown? You know that their draft rules don't mean shit. AJ Styles lost to Brock Lesnar. I mean, yeah, lost to Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns already, obviously, uh, with the title on the line. But Seth Rollins is still the only one who hasn't. Rollins wins or this title is trash. You might as well go ahead and hire Medusa for a one-night contract and throw it in the goddamn garbage because it's terrible. Rollins wins or I don't give a fuck about... Well, I probably won't even fucking pay attention to anything on Raw. (laughs) Honestly. Because Raw immediately loses all credibility. Now, they said that Triple H has huge plans and that this title is going to be catapulted out of nowhere as soon as the first person wins it. Okay, well, the only way that happens is if Seth wins it. I think it's already kind of weird that uh, you bring in this new world title in 2023 and you're crowning the first one at fucking Saudi Arabia, which a lot of people have an issue with as well. So, like, that's already kind of tainted. It's not you like you're this? crowning it at fucking Madison Square Garden. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does how that? Saudi Arabia make this title fucking immediately relevant? Because it's a huge show. What was that Saudi Arabia belt that they had for the one night? Yeah, so the greatest Royal Rumble title yeah, yeah. that Braun Strowman had. How come that's never been defended? It needs to be defended. <laughs> I'd rather watch that than AJ Styles win this match. I'd rather see another greatest Royal Rumble with fucking 60 or 70 people or whatever the fuck it was. It's, and have not, uh, have Strowman defend it. Strowman has to come out at number one. He has to come out at number one, and he has to defend it. And you know give what? the title to somebody else. They could make an actually funny, like, interesting thing out of that, where on Raw or SmackDown or whatever this week, they have Adam Pearce, like, looking at a fucking sheet of paper, like, looking down through the list of all the, the current champions, and he calls Braun Strowman into his office, like, hey, bud, it says here you have a belt. And Braun's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you have a belt that you won. At greatest Royal Rumble, and you have a you have a belt, and Braun's like, oh yeah, I think I have that at home. I was like, okay, well you got to bring that to Saudi Arabia to come defend as Land of Champions. Like yeah, they can all, make that. He should make say sense. all titles must be defended or something. Yeah, yeah that'd be all so titles. Funny. Yeah, I, I think that would be interesting. Giving them a reason to have a, a big Rumble match there, and like it's. It also makes sense because they've only got three matches announced right now for this show. Yeah, <laughs> they've got and, this one. They've got Cody versus Brock, which I fucking called, by the way. All this entire Cody Brock storyline, I've called it. And I fucking downloaded the video where I called it, but I was too lazy to fucking chop it up and add it to the show today. But I wish I I wish I didn't didn't procrastinate with that because I would have fucking put that shit on this show right now. I called this entire fucking storyline. I said it on the prediction show. I said Cody was going to beat Brock. And then Brock was going to cost him his fucking chance at the goddamn New World title. And they were going to fight again at fucking Night of Champions. And Ryan said, but the title, there's no title on the line. Doesn't make any sense. I said, I don't care. This is WWE. This is the kind of shit they do. And lo and behold, what do they do? Brock Lesnar fucking interferes in the first match of the goddamn night against Cody, or second match of the night, against Cody Rhodes. Cost him in the fucking title. And then fucking challenges him. Two fucking Night of Champions with no title on the line. I called every fucking step of this storyline. Be clear. I didn't say they wouldn't do it. I said it doesn't make sense. Okay. And neither of these two matches make sense if AJ Styles goes over Seth Rollins. 
I, I mean, AJ Styles winning is not a problem. I don't have I an just, issue with AJ Styles. It has nothing to do with AJ Styles. It has to do with that he's on fucking SmackDown and just got drafted by you, goddamn why Fox. Why are you acting like they couldn't just put him on Raw? Because it doesn't make any sense. Just like you fucking said last week. Yeah, why nothing. would you, as SmackDown, okay, exactly. draft AJ Styles exactly. and then allow him to compete for a fucking Raw World title so that if he wins, he goes away from your show? Uh, hurry up, hurry up. We already know what the point is. So... The point that I'm making is, if you're going to say that the whole Cody Brock thing didn't make sense, but they did it anyway, then why are you acting like it's so out of the fucking realm of possibility for AJ Styles to win, and then they just move him over to Raw? And I didn't say Cody versus Brock doesn't make sense. I called it. You're the one that said it doesn't make sense because it doesn't have a title on the line at Night you of Champions. Agreed, you agreed that it doesn't make sense, but no, said it I didn't. didn't. You said it doesn't make sense for it to be on Night of Champions because there is no title, but it doesn't matter. That's clearly what they're going to do anyway. And I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense for AJ Styles to be on SmackDown and win this belt that's clearly meant for somebody on Raw and waste the fucking draft pick if they were to move from over that's to Raw. That's not even in the fucking but same it, ballpark, dude. But it not making sense is not going to stop them from doing something. I never said it would. Okay, so let's see AJ Styles win that belt. Because. No, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> yes, fucking stupid to have this Cody and Brock thing too. It's not though, because I called it. I knew it was going to happen. Fucking, as soon as you say that you have a fucking title for the goddamn fucking, the goddamn show that doesn't have fucking Roman, whoever doesn't draft Roman gets the title. Guess who drafted Roman? Guess who drafted Roman? Fucking SmackDown with the first pick drafted Roman and Solo Sokoa. So the title automatically goes to Raw, and then you have a fucking entire SmackDown bracket that just got drafted to SmackDown. Dumb. You calling it doesn't make it not stupid. Do you understand? You're like, the one the that thing. said it didn't make sense for being on a night of champions. It, it doesn't. I don't I don't care. It has nothing to do with a fucking title. This is a title you just created. It's not the same. I, I don't think you're understanding the point. The point I understand your point. With, it still does it's not in this fu- it it's there's levels to this. And is, that is, is not, not anything close to fucking the world title from Raw being on the fucking same page as Cody and fucking Brock. A guy that is actually on Raw and a guy that's a fucking free agent. You think a non-title match at Night of Champions makes more sense than somebody winning a belt so moving to the brand that has the belt? Listen, here's the deal. I view Night of Champions... No, 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 no. Because they haven't said this time... No, listen, motherfucker. They have not said this time that fucking every title's on the line that they have in previous Night of Champions. I view Night of Champions closer, at least in this fucking iteration, closer to Clash of Champions and WCW. There was not every fucking title on the line in fucking WCW for Clash of Champions. Not every match was a title match on Clash of Champions. This isn't Clash of Champions, this is Night of Champions. Okay, same shit. Same shit. Which is why we're gonna see Braun Strowman finally defend. The only thing I would give you, the only thing I would give you is even if you did like, um, okay, so let's say not everybody on the card is in a title match, but they've been a former champion. Well, this iteration of Cody since he's been back has not won a title ever mm. since he's been back as the American Nightmare. So Brock being on the card makes sense because he's been a former multiple-time world champion. Okay, Cody so being on the card still wouldn't really make any sense unless he was in a title match. But so I don't want we- Cody in the title match anyway because if it was Cody and Seth's spot over AJ and Cody wins, it's the dumbest... That's even dumber than this, honestly. I'd so rather Miz, AJ win than Cody win for the Miz first championship. If Miz and Finn Balor, if Miz, Miz and Finn Balor had a storyline right now where they were against each other, but both of them don't have a belt, 
would you still say that it makes sense for them to have a match at Night, at Champ Night of Champions because they both used to be champions? Yes. If that's if that's what they were going with for the... Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. With the, uh, with the theme. theme of the show, yeah. yeah. The motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't even think WWE's even smart enough to do that, though. So, yeah. it's whatever. But I don't want AJ to win... I, it's not. It has literally zero to do with AJ. It has everything to do with him being on SmackDown and the fact that there should have never been a goddamn SmackDown bracket to begin with. And if there was, the only way I would have been okay with this, and we said this, and I think you agreed with me, is if this happened before the draft. So if you had pushed yeah. the draft back yeah. and then had this, and like, that okay, would, that makes sense. That would make it make more sense, yes. Way but more I sense. I still don't see a problem with AJ winning and then they're just moving him to Raw. That's, that's so dumb. You wasted a fucking pick. That's they wasted a lot of fucking picks, bro. No, SmackDown did good. Raw's the one that wasted all the picks. <laughs> That's why they need AJ Styles. Now. <laughs> fucked up their draft. And then and it's so like everybody was acting like, uh, oh, does the does the rest of the uh, OC come with him? I swear to God, if the rest of the OC goes with him to Raw, if he wins the fucking title, I will fucking lose my shit on the on the subsequent episode. I promise you, it will be over. Dude. All right, we got to go. We got to move forward. Um, something else we can argue about. Here we go. Chris Jericho made headlines earlier this week because he said Hogan, in his mind, and remember this is Jericho's mind, so it's kind of fucked up, um, it was a better worker than Ric Flair. And the reasons he gave are reasons I've tried to use to like, actually defend Hogan's wrestling skills on the show before that I got blasted for when he was in New Japan. Now Jericho's using it for his argument over Flair, and Ryan's like, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe he has a point. No, he doesn't. Ric Flair is a better worker than fucking Hulk Hogan, and it's not close. No, he could. Ric Flair couldn't cut interviews as good as Hogan can. He, um, you know what's interesting about Hulk Hogan? Uh, he's just an all-around great worker. Always has been. Really good, uh, move set. Very diverse. Um... Had a really good look. I love the bald head, fucking George Costanza, long hair, bleach. Can you believe that, Jared? Did you read the Did you read the actual article? Because he actually mentioned something about his hair. Like, oh, only no, Hogan could pull off the hair, the balding hair, because everybody else, you that could never work today and shit like that. Because people would just like uh, pigeonhole him as a fucking uh, not okay. a superstar because he has a balding head or whatever. But Hogan made it work. That doesn't make him a better worker than Ric Flair. That doesn't even make any sense because he was balding. Okay. No, no, no. I kind of get that argument though. He's saying that. He, the character that he put on was good enough to overlook shit like that. But you could make the same argument for stuff like Adam Cole, where Adam Cole obviously has like a smaller stature or whatever, but he's a good enough worker where he becomes like credible. And most normal people don't go out of their way to, to pick out shit about that. You obviously people do. But um, no, I kind of get what he's saying with it. I don't know. That ain't got nothing to do with worker. That has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do. When you with say it. worker, are you referring to work rate, or are you referring to like his entire ability as a wrestler, including like promos, interviews? I'm almost certain that this article was about work rate. Also, and I would even if it was about overall, and I still don't, I still think Flair's better. But I would say that if Hogan was uh, so popular, even though he was balding, then. Why the fuck was he only balding in the middle of a match? Why is every promo he has a goddamn headband on hiding it? Why is every time he's fucking, uh, when he was fucking losing even more hair, he was putting extensions in? He clearly had some kind of fucking 
uh, insecurities about this. So it's not like he did this proudly. It was just fucking uh, circumstantial, honestly. It just happened to be a fucking coincidence that he got... He was, he was over and just everybody overlooked it. Also, it was a different time frame, by the way. Yeah, everybody back then was overlooking that dudes basically just look like fucking... Everybody. Just everybody. One-man gang, the road yeah. warriors. Like, did you see the hairstyles in wrestling? Mm. I mean, come on. And the body types for anybody that wasn't, like, super, super, super fucking into PEDs, you know? Because, um, I mean, you look at some of the dudes from the time and they weren't, you know... It's not like they were... They look like dudes that you would fucking, like, old chubby dudes you would see at a bar. Like, it wasn't like... They were big, but it wasn't like... They weren't in shape. Um, that really started around that same era as Hogan did. I mean, I could, I could view the same thing. Like, okay, so for instance, like... Um, you, you take the IWC from right now in a time machine and go back to that time frame. Is Hogan still a big star because of his because of his hairstyle? That's not really an easy thing to... That's what I'm saying. It, so it's irrelevant. Out. That's my whole no, no, point. No 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 no. No, 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 no. It's not irrelevant because he's comparing two people from the same time frame. So... No, it's not, man. No, it's not. Fucking Ric Flair is a better worker than Hulk Hogan. That's the goddamn argument and that's the end-all be-all of it. He's better. He... Uh, even the stuff that so. Hogan even the stuff that Hogan slightly beats him on is not enough to overcome the actual in-ring work anyway or the promos by the way Hogan is I think Hogan gets way too much credit for his promos by the way when we say in-ring work are you saying ability to do moves and take moves or are you talking also like dude don't start your bullshit with that fucking New Japan garbage because he can do a fucking drop kick and a spinning toe hold I don't give a fuck what version of Hogan you use of what he can do or what yeah. he has done or shown in spurts in New Japan Ric Flair cool. so is a better in-ring no, work fucking talent, re talented wrestler than Hogan okay. it's not even no, close get, I'm gonna fuck what he can do go ahead get it out of your system okay thank you so what I'm talking about specifically, I wasn't even fucking talking about Hogan when I was mentioning this. I was trying to ask if you were considering things like Flair's facials and the way that he would like beg off and his little fucking over the rope flip cell and his like front face bump cell when he you know acts like he's gonna no, do something. Hogan, Hogan had good selling. It's just he never did it. Like he was, I, he didn't, he didn't sell a lot. But when he did sell, I would say Hogan was pretty close with that. I think Greg Flair was better, yes, but no, Hogan was okay with that kind of stuff when he had to be. Like, if you watch um, Hogan in a match with Andre, or when he had the match with Warrior, you know, Savage, or something like that, like, I mean, it's not like he refused to sell, like, Lesnar or some shit. Yeah. I think his facial expressions were fine. Especially when he was a heel. When he was heel Hogan, he did really yeah. good. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd say that's pretty like, close. I remember a lot of his, like, on his knees begging off spots and stuff like that, and I thought, you know, compared, I mean, Flair used to do the same spot, pretty much. Um... No, I think, I think, okay, so Flair was obviously more known as a heel than a face, rightfully so, and Hogan's more known as a babyface than a heel, but I would say if I was comparing their two heel runs, Ric Flair was by far made his opponents look better than Hogan did, even as a heel. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, it's hard to... We're talking about before Ric Flair did the same eight comedy spots in a match, too. We're talking about, like, prime Ric Flair, prime Hogan here. I'm not so, talking about, like, 2002 Ric Flair. When you say prime Flair, are you referring to before his car crash, or before his plane crash, too? 
Uh, he was he wasn't wrestling yet. Oh, he was like nobody yet. In 1975, he was nobody. The car the plane okay. crash was in so, 1975. Okay, so let's move ahead another five years. So now we're in 1980. Well, I mean, what is Ric Flair's prime to you? Probably all the way up till Space Mountain. Eric Bischoff got in control. <laughs> okay, so okay, so we are including like early WCW. Yeah, early WCW for sure. Yeah. Okay. And what's Hogan's prime to you? WWF? Because I would definitely consider not AWA. Prime, I would consider Hogan's prime WCW, and a lot of the NWO work. And I, that's what I maybe that's when he started getting into a good rhythm, but that's not his prime. I don't know. I think that's when he was doing a lot of the best like character work of his. Career. Yeah, that's and, that's different though. That's not in your prime. I guess we just have different. We're talking about ideas when you're in your prime, we're talking about everything, shape, everything. Like that was definitely WWF back in the '90s, early '90s, for sure. Do you think? Do you think Will Osprey is in his prime now, or that he was in his prime three years ago when he was doing better, crazier spots? Mm, that's a good question. Um, because I would say he's in his prime now. I don't know. See, there's some some people don't even think that Adam or some people think Adam Cole's in his prime now, and he's already been wrestling for almost fucking 15 years, right? There's some people that think that Jay White hasn't hit his prime yet, and he already had a whole goddamn career in New Japan. So I guess it just depends on a case by case basis. I don't know where I would put Hogan's, or I mean Osprey's rather. I don't know where I would put Osprey's prime at, honestly. I it's haven't right. seen enough Osprey like you have, so you tell me. I would say it's now. I mean, he's not, he's still not doing a lot of the, you know, flippy spots or whatever. If you were to ask about his moveset then compared to his moveset now, his moveset back then was harder to do, more impressive, more technically impressive, whatever. But I still wouldn't say that was his prime because there wasn't a lot of character work behind it that made it feel important or like a lot of the selling or a lot of the facials or a lot of the like in-ring shit that happens that sells what's happening. He didn't have lockdown yet. So even though his moveset has devolved in the sense that he's had to reduce it because he's A, put on a bunch of weight, and B, has to work around like a lot of injuries. He's still in his prime now. Um, and kind of the same with Hogan, like you could say that he was doing a different moveset or, or whatever in like his early WWF, mid WWF run, but I would still consider the NWO era his prime as far as like his ability to uh, even in ring, not just, not just interviews or whatever, but in ring, play the role that he was supposed to play and do it well and work it well. So, yeah, I'd have to, to, to answer who was a better worker in their prime. I don't know, man. Uh, I think it's closer than you're making it sound. I don't think it's close at all. So, yes, I agree with you that I'm not making it sound that way because I fucking 100% believe it's not even a question. I think that I don't care uh, what Hogan's moveset is. It has nothing to do with anything, to be real with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like the stuff Rick that Flair the stuff no that he's set. close with, the stuff that he's close with, Ric Flair still edges him in some of it, and Hogan edges him in some of it. And I promise you, the one big fucking difference is the in-ring work. And I don't give a fuck if you take Hogan's prime and Ric Flair's not prime in later WCW. Ric Flair is a better worker in ring. When the bell rings, when the bell ends, uh, when the when the three counts made, Ric Flair is a better worker. So, because of that drastic difference in those two, for that one fucking category, with everything else being as close as it is, and by the way, I don't give uh, Hogan the edge in promos anyway. I think that's actually a bigger uh, gap as well. Uh, 
Ric Flair easily wins this, and I don't know what the fuck Chris Jericho was talking about in this article. Um, here's a here's a different. By one the way, if I'm if I'm Osprey and I'm in my prime right now, I'm not really uh, thrilled about being injured currently. So let's see how he fucking comes back from the injury first before we just start saying he's in his prime because we might have already seen his prime if he keeps getting fucking hurt. So here's here's a different way to look at this. What what would you say is Hulk Hogan's best match ever? His best match ever. Yeah. Like actually in ring work that I've seen. Mm-hmm. In ring work that I've seen. Hogan's best match. It's either gonna have these. It's either gonna have to be a savage match. Or it's going to have to be uh, Warrior at WrestleMania 6. Man, stop. Stop with the Warrior shit, all right? Be real. Like I actual... am being real. That's his Whoa. best, one of his best matches of all time. That I've you... seen. Like, I, I told you, I haven't watched a lot of his Japan stuff. <laughs> you don't have to watch a lot of his Japan stuff. The fucking match with The Rock was better than the Warrior match. Nah. Nah. Okay. The crowd the crowd made it better than the Warrior as far as, like, rewatchability and stuff like that. But it wasn't a better match. Okay. Um... What's Ric Flair's best match? Probably gonna name some fucking steamboat match. Oh God! Uh, see, that's a little bit harder because he has a lot of them. That's my whole point. Um, let's see. Obviously, you can't ignore the Steamboat trilogy, right? You can't ignore Macho Man at WrestleMania, I believe seven. No, eight. WrestleMania eight, I believe. Um. Because seven was Hogan and Slaughter. So eight had to be Ric Flair and Macho Man. That was a really good fucking match. Um, Ric Flair and uh, Mr. Perfect on Raw for the Loser Leaves Raw match was really fucking good. Um, Sting, Clash of Champions. Um, and it would be hard to pick out of those, dude. Um, obviously, the Dusty Rhodes trilogy is up there as well when they were fighting over the NWA title. I'd probably probably pick one of those that I just listed, but it would be hard. I think I had a really good match with Bret Hart, too, in WWF. Hogan's best match, you would say, was the the Savage one? Probably. I'd probably give the nod over Savage. Two Savage, uh, WrestleMania 5. The culmination of the huge feud uh, over Elizabeth. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Because Macho Man won the title at WrestleMania 4 in a tournament. And they had the Mega Powers, and then it exploded. Mega Powers exploded on 5, I believe. And then Hogan... I mean, Hogan won, but the match was really fucking good. Yeah, I I would just say that I think it's... This is the point that I was trying to make. The matches that you named of Hogan's are all, like, very mainstream matches. Like, they're all things everybody knows about because they they happen during a more modern time than, say, like, Clash of Champions 6 or whatever the fucking, like, the late 1980s. Uh, Whatever match Flair had with... uh, Funk and Steamboat and stuff like that at the time or any of his matches with Wyndham and shit. Like, you can't really pinpoint when those were. 
So, but you do, you you personally, you have a better awareness of those matches than you do a lot of Hogan's more esoteric stuff, like any of the stuff that he ever, like we were talking about, you didn't watch any of his Japan stuff, so you don't know the match that he had with like Tenryu or fucking Inoki or any of the, any of the stuff really that he was doing over there. His match with Stan Hansen you've probably never seen. So I think it's hard for you to, I think it's hard for you to convincingly say that you know for a fact 100% it's a dumb conversation, Ric Flair blows him out of the water, when really you haven't seen like a pretty significant amount of what people consider Hogan's best work. I'm saying that even if I go watch that and I memorize it and watch it a million times, because it's not like I haven't seen the matches. It's just I haven't watched them as many times as other Hogan matches because of us being in America, basically, and how much they pushed Hogan out like they did or whatever, especially when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Um... Even if I go back and watch those, all his matches ten times, I'm still not going to change my mind that Ric Flair is not a better worker than Hulk Hogan. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Just like I think personally, and I got a lot of I get a lot of heat for this, but I go for it as well. I think Shawn Michaels is a better wrestler and a worker than Bret Hart. Hmm. I've always been a Shawn Michaels guy, and it's not I don't hate Bret Hart. I love Bret Hart actually. It's just that when it comes down to the Sean versus Brett conversation, I go with Sean. Because if you're taking into uh, if you're taking into account what we think Jericho's talking about, which is an all-encompassing thing, because he can't be just talking about in-ring because there's no fucking way. But if he's talking about an all-encompassing thing where it would actually give Hogan a, a semblance of a fucking chance, and we we take that same philosophy over to Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels beats him in promos. Shawn Michaels beats him in showmanship. Shawn Michaels beats him in athleticism. The only thing Brett really has over him is the crowds in Germany and the fact that he's a better technical wrestler. But still, bell to bell, it's no fucking... It's no coincidence that you have all these different people that always say, Shawn, Shawn, Shawn. And not as many people saying, Brett, 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 until recently when you got like CM Punk and FDR and shit like that. But, like, when when one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, Ric Flair says, hey, it's Sean. And he never had a fucking match with Sean until, like, WrestleMania. And he had a ton of matches with Bret Hart. I'm going to listen more to what he has to say because he's been in the ring with both of them. Also, Bret Hart doesn't have a learning tree to sit under. Um, uh, yeah, I would just say that if you're, if you, if you really want to make this, like, a morph fair understanding of what Jericho's trying to say you would have to have more familiarity with stuff that Hogan's done than you currently do I would also like for the question to not have been as vague as it was so yeah, yeah. so immediately like, this jumps out at you and they know it was a fucking clickbait line they're like oh Jericho thinks Hogan is a better worker than Flair everybody knows what they're going for because it worked on me right because I got fucking I was like there ain't no fucking way I'm putting this on the show yeah. if, if, if they are talking about all encompassing he has a better shot, but I personally would still go with Flair. Yeah. I, because, my, I mean, go watch some... Dude, I'm telling you, everybody that thinks Hogan is like a top fucking 10 promo, you're out of your fucking mind. Oh, no. I out was, of your mind. Was, to be clear, when I mentioned promos at the beginning, I was 100% joking. Rick Flair's no, no, no. I understand promo. that. But there are people out there that think Hogan's a good promo, and he's not. He's not. Tell you something, brother. He's not. Um, yeah. All, all that doesn't I'm work saying, for me, brother. My main... <laughs> I forgot to get that, too. I got to get that next week. Shit. All I'm saying is that with your admitted lack of familiarity with a a pretty big body of his work, I would say that 
I'm not saying you're wrong to say that Ric Flair is a better worker, but I will say that it's a lot closer than your initial takeaway makes it seem like. See, and here's here's what I'm saying, is that even though that might be true for you, it's not true for me, because here's the deal, is if those matches were really fucking, if those matches were five-star fucking Dave Meltzer matches, everybody would be bringing them out up in every Hogan conversation of all time when someone says Hogan can't wrestle. They're not, though. So it's not going to bridge the gap that I have between Ric Flair's matches and Hogan's matches. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have any five-star matches. That's what I'm saying. There's not a, there's not enough there to catapult him close to Flair when I can name 12 Flair matches off the top of my head and can't decide which one's the best one because they're all really fucking good. And I can name two Hogan's. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, all right. We spent enough time on that one. That was actually more time than I thought we were going to spend on that, but good shit nonetheless. Let's go over to somebody else that has his own problems. The guy that we mentioned in the opening joke of the show, Karrion uh, Cross. What needs to change for Karrion Cross to succeed in the WWE? And before you go, I'm going to give you like an like a thing I would like to see happen because we both know that we're if you if you're familiar with the show, we're not huge fans of Karrion Cross. I don't mind them. Don't I mind. No, 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 Not what we said. Not know. fans of him. He's on the Jardin Gargano levels for me. He doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't bring anything new to the table. I never saw what everybody else saw when he was in MLW. We've stated it many times on the show before. Don't, don't try to change your answer now. No, no, to be clear, when I say not fans, I mean, I don't actively go out of my way to see anything that he's in. But if he comes out in yeah, if he comes out in the middle of something to interrupt a segment and says he's going to wrestle fucking Drew McIntyre or whatever, I'm not like, boo, no, fuck this, he sucks. This I don't is think like, I've oh, ever okay. booed somebody at the house. <laughs> I don't think I've ever booed anyone at the no. house, dude. I have. I fucking booed when Brock Lesnar came out at the end of that Money in the Bank match. I fucking, I said, boo. I mean, right I didn't even boo at Austin Theory winning Money in the Bank, but I was pretty fucking pissed. But I didn't boo. I booed. I said, boo. I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've ever. I don't booed. think I've ever said. I didn't even boo, boo when Don Callis turned on Omega. Yeah, I didn't even boo that. Like, oh, shit. Boo is such a weird thing. Like even at shows, I don't. Th- when I went to Forbidden no, Door, no, I boo at shows. I don't give a fuck. See, I, I boo at but shows. But I, I, I don't think I've ever said boo. <laughs> I will. That's so stupid. I'll do it. Boo. 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 You can't. Don't actually say the word because that's why it sounds weird. You got it. It's like more of like a note. Boo. You don't fucking actually say boo. 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 You don't turn it into a fucking chant. You actually have to. I will. I'm going to do that at Forbidden Door. You start a boo chant. Boo. 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 Anyway, fucking. um, Carrying Cross. What's his issue, bro? Here's what I'm going to say. This is what I would do before I get you started. All right. So my answer to get him in in a position to succeed in WWE is get a time machine. (laughs) Go back in time and be trained by literally anyone else but Disco Inferno. That's what I would do. I think that's part of it, okay? For those of you who don't know, he was trained by Disco Inferno. And maybe, and I didn't even know that until I looked up some stuff about why I don't like Karrion Cross. That could be it, because I don't like Disco Inferno, and I didn't even know that before that. So that could have been it. But anyway, serious answer. Um, maybe form a tag team with Baron Corbin, who's been on record in the 
recently saying that he wants to go back to a version of the Lone Wolf character that I've been fucking advocating for on this show for who knows how long. I would love to see a tag team with Karrion Cross, Baron Corbin, and Scarlett as their uh, manager. I think that would be cool, especially since, what do we always mention on the show? Tag teams are fucking weak. That'd be a cool tag team. Yeah, but it'd be like a, a weaker version of Authors of Pain. Nah, I think it'd be closer to the Skyscrapers in WCW. Sid and Dance Vivy. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean... They both got, like, the dark character. They got the dark valet that can get involved and not get involved. Eye candy. They got yeah, the look. They got, they're doing nothing right now. They're both on SmackDown, I believe. Like, it's right there for you. That's what Authors of Pain was, except the dark, creepy manager was, uh... Paul Ellering, but it doesn't Paul matter. Ellering. That's not what they were, dude. These guys can actually wrestle. Authors of Pain weren't bad. No, come on. Don't. Come on, man. They weren't fucking great, but they weren't bad. They're uh, not better than also, these two, and just, I don't even... I'm you not just even complained about him being trained by fucking... Yeah, I said... That's what I'm saying. That's my entire point. I'm not even a fan of these... Well, I'm a fan of Baron Corbin. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I think I think uh, Corbin could actually br help carry and bring out some fucking charisma, too, by the way. You can't be a lone wolf character in a tag team. I didn't say do the lone wolf. Yeah. Nice try, though. Yeah. You tried. Bring back that lone you wolf. tried. That lone wolf You in a tried, team. though. You just said you've been advocating for him to bring yes, back the Yes, with wolf a character. twist. It's exactly what he said in the article, because you cannot bring back with the lone wolf character. The twist is he doesn't have fucking hair anymore. Um, I I don't know about all that, but I, I do think the problem with Karrion Cross is that he's got a severe lack of character direction. His shit doesn't really make any sense. It's all just kind of jumbled together. It's like... It's like somebody would... It's like somebody built a creator wrestler and picked, like, a, a cool, dark-sounding theme... But then his look doesn't really match it. And then when he tries to make his look match it, it just comes off kind of corny. So then he comes out in like a fucking dress shirt and leather jacket with his the Ed Hardy goth shirt. ass. Yeah, his goth ass fucking uh, valet girlfriend out there. It's like there's too many elements of it that don't make sense together. I feel like an early WCW DDP, just trying too much shit at once. Yeah. The other like thing, I, the hair yeah. thing it really annoys me because he definitely looks way more menacing bald, right? I'm not the only one that thinks this. My whole thing is that his character shouldn't be going for menacing anyway. Because he's not really, like, he's a he's like a relatively bigger dude. Well, he should if he was actually going to win some fucking matches. <laughs> uh, he should he should be doing, like, a, 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 a verbal version of the Dexter Loomis shit. I think that would work better for him than this, like, spooky, supernatural fucking whatever he's trying to do. And he could keep a lot of the elements of his, like, whatever the TikTok shit is supposed to be. But, like build it more toward a, a cohesive character uh get rid of some of the supernatural shit stop doing the weird like camera light stuff all that you can keep your valet whatever y'all can keep a certain aesthetic but if you're gonna if you're gonna have an aesthetic either you need to fucking fully buy into it or both of you need to tone it down um and i think the best direction for his character is to ground it more in reality take some of the bits that work from the dexter loomis stuff um make him seem like like a cold like calculating whatever the fuck, but don't make him like a non-verbal goddamn serial killer or whatever. That's stupid. I think the, um, I think Dexter Loomis character is kind of dumb too, but I think part of the reason why I don't like the Dexter Loomis character is because of the group that he's with makes no sense, right? I think that also detaches the... Uh, reality. The believability. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, what if we had a stable and it was called The Pack and it was fucking Baron Corbin... 
Carrying uh, Cross, Dexter Loomis, and Scarlet. I, I would, I would fucking be way more into that because, like you said, it would tone down on that supernatural bullshit that we don't need, right? They're just a fucking pack of, uh, you know, look like werewolves when they're not fucking werewolves type deal. Right. They're just like there's just a fucking pack of dudes with a bunch of tattoos and fucking got the hot chick with them and whatever, and they just go out and they don't have to necessarily worry about wins because they just want to beat the shit out of people. Be like a more toned down House of Black, even honestly, it'd be more grounded in reality, like you said. And then you could get Dexter away from fucking the way, which is doesn't make any sense with his character at all. It made sense on NXT because they didn't have anything else going on. But like we said, why pretend that NXT doesn't exist this entire time and now magically it exists and they're oh yeah we're all back together on Raw? Who gives a fuck? Nobody cares. Yeah, I I do think there are things they could do to salvage what he's got going on right now but it doesn't seem like they're really interested in doing any of it which sucks uh yeah i think that works really well as a stable the one you just mentioned uh you could even throw andy hartwell in there too when she gets done with her nxt bullshit um and then you i mean there aren't many stables with two women and three men i can't think of any off the top of my head can you no. jas maybe if you count yeah Ty yeah jas well they got way more than three guys Ty but yeah yeah got two girls yeah yeah that's pretty much it, though. There's not a whole lot of stables with more than one woman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, that also has there's a lot men, of... obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think there's interesting stuff they could do, but uh, I don't know if they have the... Um, not foresight, really, because I think they understand that he's not going anywhere on this current trajectory, so it's more like a creative issue with not being able to see him as something else or not being able to subtly shift him into something else from where he's at now or give his character more direction or put more investment of time and effort into it for well see that's the that's the thing is the biggest part of this of why it failed the second time is because he triple h was so fucking worried about hey i gotta get these guys back and i'm throwing them right on fucking tv instead of fucking letting it marinate and get a goddamn character together and a storyline that made sense just throwing Karrion Cross and Scarlet back in there randomly one day on TV where Gargano magically shows up and with his entrance and tries to pop the crowd or Bronson Reed or whoever the fuck else he brought back. It doesn't make any sense long term. Short term, yeah, you were just trying to get the quick pop and everybody's going to be talking about your show that's been sucking forever under events for the last fucking 10 years. And hey, things are going to be different. I'm bringing my guys back. But then when you don't have anything else, it's kind of like, uh, well, now what? And that's, I think that's what happened to fucking Karrion Cross. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's definitely stuck in a weird position right now where they have to do something with him soon or he's just going to be, they'll send him back down to fucking NXT or something stupid. But we'll All see. Right. I mean, actually, that probably wouldn't be the worst thing for him either. But, um, yeah, they, they need to do something with him right now. Uh, let's move on to back to the Night of Champions, guys. Night of Champions. Oh, we're going to have the main champion, all right. But he's going to be in a tag yeah, team match. And you know the only thing that this solves is why Solo and Roman were together in the draft. <laughs> this is the um, only thing that makes that make sense. As we were like, why the fuck are they together when all these other stables are fucking got four and five people, but the Usos are different? And you can't say it's because the Usos were tag team champions because they're not. And you can't say that Roman should have been broken off from the rest of them like Rhea Ripley was from the Judgment Day because that doesn't make any sense. So, just one of the hundred things that didn't make sense with the draft, right? But at least this kind of clears up why they were drafted together. Now they're going to be a tag team at Night of Champions going against the undisputed WWE Tag Team 
champion holders in Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at uh, Night of Champions in Saudi. Okay, so there's only a few outcomes that can happen here, right? Everybody's clearly talking about, hey, Sami and KO going to fucking Saudi under WWE for the first time, which is, I mean, pretty awesome to see um, that they're doing that. I'm, I assume that Sami's still going to take all his money and put it into uh, his Syrian uh, calls that he does. Um, and Kevin Owens might as well because he's a nice dude too but there's only a few outcomes right is this where Roman and Solo win and officially start their feud with the Usos do the Usos cost Roman and Solo the titles here by not on not on purpose but on accident and then um, that causes a splinter is do they do the do Roman and Solo win anyway and then lose the titles later from that in a rematch to Samian KO, and then that starts the process. Does it become a triple threat tag team title match at some point? Like, where the fuck is the end game here? What do you think they're going to go with? I think the the interesting thing for them to do uh, to further the bloodline stuff would you could have Samian or you could have Samian KO lose, and then obviously it sets up the Roman four belts situation where he has to eventually go against the Usos, but it does kind of lock everything up for a while, so I don't know if that's the best idea. I think the most interesting one, narratively, would be kind of like what you were talking about, where the Usos don't directly cause them to lose, but get blamed for it. Like, um, something's going on, the ref is the ref takes a ref bump or whatever, so Roman tells Jimmy or Jay or whoever the fuck, hey, go grab me a chair, and they just stand there fucking looking at him with their arms crossed. They don't help him out. By the time he gets done yelling at them over the rope or whatever, Sammy or KO or whoever is recovered and then they get the pin on him because Roman takes the pin now the Usos use that with with Solo to be like look like he's not fucking invincible he can't do shit if we don't help him like why are you following that kind of stuff and start doing and that it makes sense because that. they can say hey, Roman can be like why the fuck didn't you help me but like because we should have been in that match not y'all because we ended up winning that the six man right at uh backlash when you weren't even fucking there to help us, so why the hell would I help you? Type deal, also, or just like, hey, we don't. Why would? Why can't you just do it by yourself? Like that's the point we're trying to make. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that they could do narratively with that that I think are interesting for that storyline. It would make it, 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 yeah, because it's been yeah. kind of cooled off the last few mm-hmm. weeks. I think that would definitely be the way to go to make it interesting again. For yeah. for me to tune in on SmackDown, like as far as mu- as far as must see type shit, I think that would be and- the way to go. And then you can still play even more to Sammy sort of uh, having his fingers in it too. You have some backstage segment with him and, and Jay where he's like, hey man, thanks for not you know interfering. And Jay's like, oh, I didn't do it for you, blah, blah, blah. And then they continue that and uh, Sammy's still kind of getting in his ear about, hey, you know, you should take over shit. It should be yours, like that kind of thing. Um, so they could still keep playing out that storyline without Roman needing the belts. I think that's the, I think it's probably the best way to do it. Um, the funniest way to do it is just fucking Roman, Roman Solo winning clean, and then having the conflict with the Usos and and uh, Roman and Solo for the belts. Um, but yeah, I, I think the first way is definitely more interesting. I just don't want to. I mean, I'm kind of with you on the the whole scenario. If if they just win cleanly and they get the titles at Night of Champions, to have all these different tag teams that you brought either brought up, as in Pretty Deadly, or now are they're making with LA Knight and Boogs or fucking. All these tag teams that you kept together and didn't split up like Street Profits. And you got the Viking Raiders. You got the Good Brothers. You've got all these tag teams, right? And then to lock those tag teams up under somebody that's not going to drop it or wrestle for them unless it's against the Usos. 
literally kind of fucking contradicts everything you just tried to accomplish. Yeah. Um, so the, the other part of that is, too, that they could use that as pretense for him losing his world championships. The same way that we kind of said when we were saying they should be uh, split in have him have two matches on the same card or whatever. If you do give him the tag team titles, then what you could do is book him in a tag team championship match and then a world championship match on the same card. They might even still win the tag team match, but he's so beat up that by the time he has the world title match, it gives him plausible deniability for why he loses his world titles. Um, so they could be doing something like that too. We'll see. I know that they're they're going to be you know comfortably past the 1,000 days by the time all this is going down. So um, we are in a scenario now where we can start setting up storylines for him to lose. Um, yeah, I still think the first one's most interesting though. So it's gonna be very interesting that they were so gung ho about the thousand day thing, and by the time Night of Champions happens, like the thousand day thing is gonna be kind of like a secondary story if if the scenario happens where they either win the titles or the Usos cost them to win the titles, and they go with one of those two instead. It'll still get brought up whenever he's actually yeah. No, I agree. It'll get brought up, but it won't be the prominent thing, which is not necessarily a bad thing either, by the way. Mm -hmm. All right. That is the Hot Tag Topics. We're going to go over into the Monster Quiz now. Actually, you know what? We're going to do Usi or not Usi. Let's do Usi or not Usi. Then I'll do Monster Quiz because I don't want to forget it again. So Usi or not Usi, let's go. Just hasn't been very Usi. If you can't find your inner Usi again. All right, there's the topics. Usi or not Usi, let's go. We just talked. We just mentioned it. LA Knight and Rick Boogs is now a tag team on SmackDown. Usi or not Usi? Very not Usi. Why the fuck are we saddling LA Knight with Rick Boobs who hasn't done shit in forever? Uh, no, this sucks. I don't know. Like this. Why? I, I don't really... I, what I don't understand is why they act like LA Knight is uh, 26. Like we got all the time in the world with fucking LA Knight. He yeah. is on. He is on fire right now. Do something with him. Yeah, this this is bad. Um, they are trying to do something with him, but this is not the right something. It's this is stupid. I don't know whose idea this was. It's a terrible idea. I don't really have that much more to say about it. Uh, clearly, it's, it's, this is not, whatever this is, it's not going to work. If they're doing it as a short-term thing to lead to a breakup storyline where he then goes over Rick Boogs, it still doesn't really fucking do anything for him. He never needed it. And going Correct. over Rick Boogs Not only does it not shit. do anything for him, but people want to cheer him so badly. Why would you have him turn? Yeah, so unless Rick Boogs is turning, this makes no sense. But yes, I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense anyway because you're wasting, uh, even if it's a short-term feud, you're still wasting it. You don't have a lot of time with LA Knight. Yeah, I, you don't want him to get in Dolph Ziggler territory or Claudio territory where no one's going to believe that he can actually do anything because you keep holding him back on purpose. Damian Sandow. Fucking do something with him! You clearly see he has one of the bigger reactions on SmackDown. All right. This sucks. Hate it. Next. Not Usi. I agree. All right. Usi or not Usi, the top six uh, baby faces have been announced for the sheet behind the scenes. According to WWE, this is how they view their top six baby faces on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Edge is number one. Edge, a part-time wrestler who's about to retire this summer, is number one. Some good Bobby Lashley is number two. AJ Styles is number three, even though he just won the fucking bracket side of your tournament to go fight at Night of Champions. He's your number three babyface, though. But he's going to fight for the world title instead of your number one babyface. By the way, Ryan was right. Edge would have made a lot more sense with the Seth Rollins shit. Mm -hmm. 
anyway. So if you've already got Alyssa as your number one babyface, why the fuck wouldn't you have him go against Seth Rollins and continue that fucking long story that they had? So I agree with you 100% on that. Um, Sheamus is number four. Even though he's been teasing a heel turn with Drew McIntyre all the way up till fucking WrestleMania and even a little bit after. So that doesn't make any sense why he's even considered a babyface. Uh, Rey Mysterio is up there and at number five. And the number six is Santo Escobar. Um, I don't know if they just leave tag teams out on purpose because they don't give a fuck about tag teams. But there's no way Sami Zayn isn't in their top six babyfaces, by the way. But anyway, um, what do you think of this list? Is it Usi or not Usi? Who do you think should be their number one babyface on SmackDown? Probably Styles if you're gonna have him. LA Knight is the answer. LA no. Knight, goddamn it, should be your number one baby face. Should be based on yeah, but, okay, based off of who they consider baby faces now. Yes, thing. go ahead, yeah, go yeah. ahead. But yes, I mean uh, clearly considered probably, LA Knight a heel, but uh, that's who should be your number one baby face. But AJ Styles even really hasn't been a huge baby face under the OC. He had the one feud with the Judgment Day, yeah, that he lost, um, yeah. and then he got yeah. hurt. So right. No, I think I think AJ Styles being at the top of it would make more sense with the booking they just had for the tournament thing. But I can see the their argument for Edge too. The problem is those are both guys that are fucking forty five plus, and you need to figure something out for that brand real fucking quick. Yeah, and Lashley's up there too. By the way, who's number two? Yeah, so Lashley. Like Edge. 65. It's Edge, Lashley, AJ, Sheamus, Rey Mysterio, and then your youngest dude is six at Santos Escobar. Uh, Bobby Lashley is... How's that performance center working out for you? Bobby Lashley is 46 as well, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah! Yeah, yeah how's like that it. performance looked, center working out for same. you guys? He's looked the same for fucking 20 years. But no, I agree. He looks just, great for his age. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. Fucking, when you, when you uh, bald what, Nick early... Rick from and fucking just, Super Punch-Out. When you bald early and that's just your look forever, it's a lot easier to seem like you're not aging, I bet. But he also doesn't look like he's aging physically either because, like, even, like, Brock Lesnar, you can look at old pictures of Lesnar now mm. and you can tell that he's not putting in the same same regimen. He's doing a different type of workouts with his farm and shit like that. Well, Lashley looks exactly the same, dude. Lesnar also had a pretty serious health issue. But That's yeah. true. I'll, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, and then finally, Usi or not Usi, Will Ospreay, baby! All in two, Usi or not Usi. I mean, come on, we know where Ryan's going with this. Oh, it's not Usi. I fucking hate Will Ospreay. <laughs> if it's not Master Watto, he doesn't want anything to do with yeah. it. But Usi, you're not Usi anyway. Where's the Master Watto booking? <laughs> I need him against uh, Kenny Omega. Um, I, I consider no. this Usi, but he's got to be 100%, dude. Got to be. I mean, I know it's a, it's a ways away. Like, what, two and a half months, three months away? So he's got he's, time, but still. He's booked on a match the night before against Shingo Takagi in fucking Red He's out of his fucking mind. He's I out know. Of his mind. For, I don't for know the, what that For the video that he released on Instagram, and then to come out and say, hey, basically my first two matches back are going to be Shingo Takagi, Shingo and then fucking and whoever they put me against, probably maybe Osprey too. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, Omega too, rather. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking insane. Like, that's probably not how you want to come back from injury, dude. Yeah, that's how you go back to injury. But, uh, <laughs> no, Shingo's a, Shingo's a stiff fucking worker. That's a crazy pick for the night before. And they've had a long history, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, they both pretty much came up around, out of the juniors around the same time, too. So, yeah, man. Um, that'll, it'll be a good match. Um, huh. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad it'll be there. But, fucking, 
I don't know about that Shingo match the night before, man. That's a that's a risky choice. So, or maybe they do that so that Kenny wins and then he gets the two up, and then says, "Look, you got to learn to fucking pace yourself, dummy," like I do. And then the final lesson at the end of everything is him eventually beating Omega Wrestle Kingdom for the U.S. title back or whatever they they want to do with it. Um, and then it's like it's a proper passing of the torch where Kenny Omega is still up on you, but you did finally prove that you can overcome him. And now you have the belt again, and now you're the you know the standard bearer for your your company or whatever. Like I think that'd be. Man, an I don't. Story I just don't see how you have Osprey lose to Omega at Wembley, dude. I just can't do it. I couldn't do that if I was TK. Couldn't do it. Could I not do it. There's could. no title on the line. If, US, and if there the was IWGP US title. Yeah. If that ti- if that title's on the line, then it's not the same situation as we were talking about. What Mercedes would come in and beat Jade or beat Jamie Hader, right? Because this uh. isn't his title, so. TK shouldn't have a, as big of an issue with having Os or having Osprey beat uh, Omega for an IWGP New Japan title. So that that's why I think that you just can't do it, especially with Forbidden Door Two. Forbidden Door Two is before, right? For Forbidden Door Two is in June. Yeah, Forbidden. So you have Omega Forbidden go up two nothing is... there in Canada, dude. That's assuming that Osprey's even back by then. Yeah, you could do that too, um, but I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that he's gonna be back for Forbidden Door, but I do think uh, all accounts right now are. I, dude, I'm only crossing my fingers that that hat match happens at Forbidden Door for you, buddy. That's why I don't I'm think doing. it. I don't think it will. I think he probably still will. I'm. But, um, I'm holding out hope. I, I mean, I think it was gonna happen. I think it was more of a certainty that was gonna happen before he got hurt. If they do have him at Forbidden Door too, I would. I would probably still tell a similar story. Just like you came back too soon, you weren't fucking ready, so I beat you again. Yeah, well, that makes more it, sense when it's like and two then months at Wembley. Do the the Osprey win, so you can have it in the UK and all that, and then have a win again at in Japan to keep it, and that's it, two two. I don't even think you need to go two two with it, but I mean, obviously, New Japan's never going to complain about having Kenny Omega come over and wrestle, so we'll see. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, but yes, for for this for this specific show, Usi, for sure. Risky, yeah. because the way it's set up, but Usi. And the way the storyline is leaning right now with all the Don Callis stuff, um, I could see them doing Forbidden Door, but it just seems so soon. That's less, or it's only a little bit over a month away. Um, so a month and I think 10 days. Or... I don't think Kenny Omega needs to be trying to teach Will Ospreay about uh, pacing and shit when this motherfucker had seven matches against Death Triangle and then a fucking... Uh, feud with BCC to the point where he's in a goddamn cage match and only tears his fucking leg off doing a V trigger and then fucking gonna be like, oh no, I'm gonna now I'm gonna fucking fight Will Osprey three more times. Let's pump the brakes on possibly a fucking blood and guts match. Like, is, let's pump the brakes on fucking uh, who needs to pace themselves. The lesson is don't do what I did. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Because he's doing all this right after yeah. injury. So right. yeah, I mean, he did take way more time off, but still, that's yeah. fucking not what you want to see. As soon as you come back from injury, hey, seven fucking matches with Death Triangle. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that's Usi or not Usi. Now we can get into the Monster Quiz. This is number fifteen. Let's put his title up. Mm, thank you. Quiz champ, right there. Here we go, man. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Had only 12 major matches against each other, which means televised. I'm going televised here. How many did Ric Flair win? Is it two, four, or six? Um, shit. Televised. Hmm. Can you tell me the years? 
Fuck no, I can't tell you the years. I can tell you that <laughs> I can tell you two. I can tell you two were uh early, early WWF days before Flair like while Flair was not even in WWF. They were televised regionally in New York. The other ones were um like all the other ones were in WCW. Um and then the last one that they had was in WWE. Like two thousand two. Something like that. 2006, some shit like that. It was the early 2000s. What's the last one? You know when everybody was coming back after the sale type deal? But I think outside of those three, the rest of them were all in WCW. That is... Fuck, man. Because at the time that they would have been having them, obviously... They had the one match where there was all the crazy fucking interference that I know that, um... Do, I, I remember, do you remember that one with all this stinging fucking coming in? Oh, they've got a shit ton of with a bunch of interference, oh my so... Alright, I'll give you the years. I'll give you the years. You want the years? 99... 2000... 96... 94... 2002... Which is the one I said earlier. Uh... 1996... 1999, 1996, 1991. See, this is the one where you remember. Okay, so you remember when Flair first came over there and they everybody wanted, or everybody tried to figure out why the fuck you didn't do Flair versus Hogan for like WrestleMania type deal? Okay, well, they did have two matches, but it wasn't a, it was WWF on Madison Square Garden Network. It was televised, but it was regionally. And then the other one was. Also a Madison Square Network, Square Garden Network, 91. 94 in WCW, 94 in WCW. So pretty much all 90s. And then a couple of later ones. You had a 99 and you had a 2002. They never did anything in TNA? No, Hogan never had a match in TNA. Ever? Like, has anybody? Never. Never had a match. That's pretty impressive to fuck up a whole promotion. He couldn't. <laughs> Too many back surgeries. He couldn't. He wanted to. He he uh, almost did it anyway, but no. He did never He never had a match. I don't think it was even. Because the time frame doesn't make sense for it to be even. Obviously, this was pretty... This was post Ric Flair's prime, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, see, Taekwon, you know. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought he had a match too. I thought he had a not with. We're talking about Ric Flair. We're not talking about Sting. No, no, no. I said this. You said Hogan never wrestled in TNA. I thought you were talking about Ric Flair. That's literally what the question is oh, about. No, 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 no. I just meant it all. I, I was, I didn't understand what you were By saying. By the way, like, that wasn't sure really a match. Go watch it. It wasn't really Listen, a match. Are we count? Yeah, why not? Do what? Why not? Go watch it and you'll see. It's not really a match. Did we count cinematic matches as matches? Well, there wasn't a cinematic match either. Okay. Um, I don't think it was even. It was too late in Flair's career relative to his early, like, good period. Um, and the years that you're listing, obviously Flair was not on top for most of that, but I don't think it was, like, 2 to 10 for television. I don't think Flair would go for that. 
So I doubt it was 6-6. Six, six. I'm gonna say four. The answer is... You said four? Because comparatively speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage, Gaina. Yeah. The answer is two. Damn. Yeah, I would have thought more. Um, I know he was on the later end of his career and Hogan was a big politician, but Jesus Christ. The very first match they had in WCW, Hogan won because it was his very first match in WCW and won the world title, which was mm -hmm. fucking dumb. Um, Ric Flair beat him on an episode of Nitro, and um, I think that was in 96. Hold on, give me a second. Give me a second and figure out which one it was. I guess that proves who the better worker is. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> okay. Let's see. The first blood steel cage. In 99, I believe, was the other one that he won. Okay. Yeah, which didn't make any sense because they were both bleeding and the match didn't end. They also had a match... They also had a match in WCW and Censor 2000 called a Yapapi Indian Strap Match where you had to take your opponent to all four corners and then Hogan beat him by a pinfall. So yeah, that's WCW for you. First Nitro I encounter, WCW Nitro in 96... Okay, I don't know why, but something is like sticking out my fucking brain of them. They, I, I know that they did something in TNA against each other. They didn't though. They did. I just I can't remember what no. it was. Rick Flair fought Mick Foley in TNA. It's he didn't fight Hogan. You're you're 100 wrong because it's it's in my fucking brain. Okay, well it can be in your brain, but it's a Mandela effect. It's not. Unless you're talking about Team Hogan versus Team Flair, but that's no, not it. Not talking about that. Hulk well, Hogan and Abyss is Hulk Hogan and Abyss versus AJ Styles and Ric Flair. That's not a. That's not a. That's not a fucking. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about singles matches here. You, but that's not what your fucking question says. Yes, it, it is. Like singles. I'm, if I was if I was going to do that, I would include fucking says, war games matches. Says, that's not what it is. Each other. It doesn't say singles. You got to word your questions better. No. Yep. Nice try. I mean. It's, that is a match against them. She's like single legs, huh? Yeah, see? Take one. It's not the same thing that we're talking yeah, about. I didn't say this, tag team matches. This this quiz is a no contest. Wrong. Poorly it's worded a, it's a L. We're going uh, to strike L. that one. It's 10 to 5 now. What it was it? very fucking clear what the fuck we were talking about when I gave you the matches. What is it? 12 and 5? 10 no, and 5? 10 and 5. That was number 15. We've only done 15 questions. I think I started this at the very beginning of this year. Well. Oh, no. Oh, man, I almost forgot. I was about to end the show. We got Mark that tweet still. Mm. Yes. Hey. The best segment of the show. Mark that tweet. I didn't see this one yet. This is where we take a terrible take from Twitter and let you guys know about it, that there are people that stupid out in the world. Are you ready? Mm. Let's go. Mark that tweet this week comes from... At Demon Evil Muscle. 
Oh, this fucking guy. Uh, you may have seen him floating around in Twitter, IWC. He has a lot of shitty takes, but this is one of the top. The big difference between WWE and AEW fans is WWE fans have no issue saying if Omega vs. Moxley steel cage match is good. Meanwhile, Charlotte vs. Ripley has been called the greatest women's championship match of all time, and AEW fans are like, that sucked. Now, would you consider yourself an AEW fan, Ryan? No, I don't. I actually... Would you consider yourself an AEW fan? I only like New Japan. Um, yeah, I would. Have you fucking seen anyone on Twitter say that Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte sucked? I did. I searched it. I found one person who said it. And he had three followers. And, uh, <laughs> and a name with a bunch of numbers in it. Are you being real right now? I'm dead serious. There was one person. I, I searched for it. There was one person. But you didn't even know the tweet I was going to use, though. Oh, you just did, you did find it. That did... No, no, no. This was, I saw. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know you were going to use this tweet for Martin Sweet. Yeah, I know you did. I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But I remember this conversation happening on Twitter, and I was like, "Who the fuck has said that?" So I searched, and I found one person that said it. One person said that Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley sucked. Right. Were they an AEW fan though? Judging from the rest of their content, I think it would be safe to say they were an AEW fan. Okay, so this guy saw one guy, one person in all of Twitter say that it mm -hmm. sucked. By the way, I'm a huge AEW fan, and I said Dave Meltzer should have gave it five stars, by the way. So when we reviewed WrestleMania, well, that was night one. And Dave Meltzer had given the tag team match between the Usos and Sami and KO five stars, I believe. And Charlotte versus Rhea, 4.75, and I said he should have flipped them. I would have gave the tag team 4.75 because we all knew who was going to win. And Charlotte versus Rhea, I gave five. And I'm a, I can't, you can't get a bigger, be a bigger AEW fan than I am. I don't believe. So I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. But yes, if you actually went out your way to already to search to see how many people actually said it sucked and it was one person, then that really just fits the narrative of this fucking what this guy's trying to do anyway. But the funny thing is, is that um, no one. Like, everyone that, like, replied to him or whatever, like, just fucking was like, who the fuck said Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley sucked? No one. There's no I, one that can say that match sucked. There were definitely a lot of people that said that the build sucked. Um, oh, well, that's, that's accurate. Yeah. And um, it wasn't even the worst build of WrestleMania. I wouldn't say it sucked. I just say, I would say it wasn't, wasn't great. How about that? I did like what they were doing as far as they were... Um, trying to connect their previous WrestleMania match to that one. I thought I thought they did a good job with what they were given, but yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't really need build. It's the fucking Royal Rumble winner going and choosing whoever the fuck. That's the build. The Royal Rumble winner Oops. chooses who the fuck they go against. So yeah, the build's not going to be great because that's the build every year. Somebody, somebody who was also, it looks like an AEW fan, said best match, Rhea Charlotte. And then somebody else said, absolutely correct on all of these. And then the next person said, Best match wasn't Rhea versus Charlotte. That match sucked. Match of the night was Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos. That's the one guy that I found. I just I looked it back up. Got you, got you, got you. That match sucked. That, was a big, that wasn't the best match of the night. That match sucked. Then what the fuck was the rest of the card? Yeah. Um, this is one of those getting one guide things, I guess, where either completely... And he just happened to see this one dude in I, all of the internet. I... I fucking doubt it because when I just looked it up again, the guy has like 
It's got 362 impressions and no reactions. So it wouldn't have showed up in anyone's feed or anything and nobody retweeted it, nobody liked it. It was literally just a tweet by itself, no reactions at all. Um, that was the only one I could find when I went back and tried to, to find what the fuck this guy was talking about. Because um, I remember even at the time we said, yeah, that was definitely the best match in night one. Um, probably one of the better women's matches in WWE history as far as, I mean, pretty easily top 10, maybe top five. So yeah, like it, nobody's saying this. This is inventing someone to fucking yell at uh, and act like there's some big difference between the fans. And also people do this shit all the time. You have WWE fans who no matter what happens in a, in a Kenny Omega match specifically, if you go to the Cornette section, um, even if he has the greatest fucking match ever, We'll still say, oh, it was only good because of the guy he was wrestling. Let's do the reverse. Hey, let's anyway. do the reverse. Yeah. Pull your phone back out. Look up mm. to see who. how many fucking WWE fans said Moxley versus Omega wasn't good. Because I promise you there's more than one. Probably. Moxley Omega sucks. <laughs> well, Mike Campbell. Moxley versus Omega sucked. That was pretty quick. That was one. Already. Yeah. It didn't take long. Um... John Moxley has sucked across two iterations of the same character. Kenny Omega is a good in-ring worker, but sucks at everything else. Um, <laughs> it's just people are fucking stupid. I mean, don't get triggered while you're doing this now. Two things to say for... about the main event. It was a it was a better match than uh, the barbed wire match than Omega versus Moxley. Well, yeah, no shit. But the barbed wire match is really fucking good until the ending. The ending just fucks everything else up. Bro, the show isn't good, period. God, Omega sucked too. Moxley sucked too. It's the brand. It's TK and the shitty toxic fans. Holy shit. Definition of fucking hate watching right there, dude. So there you go. That's it. What's that? Three? Three? Uh, you found one in all of the internet for the Rhea versus uh, Charlotte thing. So this guy's a fucking idiot. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Like Ryan said, he probably didn't even actually see the dude's tweet. He probably just fucking created this in his own head to act like he's right about something. I, I'm what? glad if he thinks Omega versus Moxley was good in the steel cage, because it was. Um, but he's completely off base by saying Charlotte versus Rhea, Rhea Ripley has been called uh, the greatest women's ma championship match of all time, and then AEW fans are like, that sucked, because that's not true. Now, just because you don't agree that it's the greatest women's championship match of all time doesn't mean you automatically consider it to suck either. So he could be thinking, oh, just because they don't agree with me that it's the greatest women's championship match of all time, then yeah, then they mean it sucks. And that's not what fucking people mean because I think Sasha and Bayley NXT is the best women's match in WWE history, but that doesn't mean Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley sucked. Here's a guy with Twitter, not his username, but it's his name. name. He's fuck John Moxley. And his, his comment is, I'm sorry, Renee, but I hate your fucking husband. He's so complacent with not being a good wrestler. People shit on Kenny Omega, but I'll always put Kenny Omega before Moxley. I hate John Moxley with a passion. His fucking nonsensical garbage matches. <laughs> Very normal people. <laughs> That's a lot of characters. Did he pay for Twitter? Oh, fuck. No. Oh, okay. No, uh, it seemed like a lot of characters. Fully within the 280. I think it was my dramatic reading. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was using some big words there for 280. There was there was no punctuation. I added that on my own. Oh, I got yeah, you. So that makes more save sense. Some, save some space. Okay. So we got something for you, Demon Eva Masal. Listen up, you prick. You don't know shit. Your opinions suck. 
Let's fucking go, and I promise I'm gonna add the Sheeta thing in. Tomorrow or or Tuesday when I do the editing for the YouTube videos, I promise I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the uh Sheeta. That doesn't that work for me, brother. Me, brother. Clip in there. I'm gonna try to make it a whole one whole video with all of it too, so I can just press one button. That is gonna do it for the show today. I appreciate everybody coming through. Uh Taekwon back back in again with the TNA knowledge that I didn't ask about. I appreciate it. <laughs> Listen, he's right, though. Thank you. Just, I, you no, he's. You I mean, okay, so you can right. be right, but you're also wrong because that's not what we're yeah, talking about. No, but you're right. You're right, buddy. But you're don't right. Let him, don't him. Don't let. Thank him you for your TNA knowledge. Um, during the years that Hogan and Bischoff tanked the entire fucking company, I'm but glad I knew you. I wasn't it. just fucking misremembering that they did something in ring. If that's what you want to call wrestling, then sure, that's what they did in ring. Yeah. But that's mad. not. That's not any. It doesn't matter because I'm pretty sure Hogan and Abyss won. So there'll still be two. Yeah, but it would have been more than 12 matches. Oh, God damn. You wouldn't have got it right. That might have changed my opinion. No, you wouldn't have full of shit, dude. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate all the fucking new subscribers this week on uh, YouTube as well. And uh, everybody that tunes in live on Twitch and watches our full episodes later on on Spotify. We appreciate everybody that came through. We will see you next week. And hopefully we get some huge news from AEW, baby, that we can celebrate next Sunday. Deuces.